everybody, and thank you for making it out tonight on this almost clear of ice evening. Uh, this is the Williamson County School Board meeting, and we are going to call the meeting to order. First, we'll start by recording attendance. There are 10 members present. Thank you. And next, we're going to go with our Pledge of Allegiance and a moment of silence. And that's going to be led by Mr. Welch. And he has a, an item that he's also going to address as well. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, liberty and justice for all. You can be seated. Mr. Welch. Can you let, there you go. I'm good, okay, thank you. Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I'd ask for just a moment of personal privilege because um, been it, it's been a little while since we met we obviously didn't have a meeting in december and just wanted uh, uh, a minute to acknowledge the passing of my predecessor in this role uh, mr bill peach who had passed away uh just a few days before christmas last year or well i guess i guess last year um, um you know mr peach as many of you know uh was a uh, member of this board for many years he was also the only member of uh, the only person to ever serve in both the Williamson County and the Franklin Special School District. So he, long-serving uh, member of the community, I would say he, I would describe him as a, an icon and what's often described as, you know, old Franklin um, that way. Old Franklin being, you know, when maybe the town was a little bit smaller, the uh, uh, connections were a little closer, maybe a little bit friendlier, and, and he certainly represented that area, uh, that era quite a bit. Um, you know, there, there may be a person in this community or world that, that didn't like Bill, but I, but I, but I never met the person. Um, he was a, uh, he was a gentleman. And, and if you didn't know him, he was someone that I, I would describe to you as if you were speaking of him to, uh, a large audience, you would use the phrase, Mr. Peach in talking about him. If you were talking amongst your friends in a, in a small group, all who knew him, you would describe him as Bill. Uh, that was just sort of the, the type of attitude, uh, type of person that he was. And I've, you know, I've even kind of caught myself going back and forth, you know, speaking as a board member and also, you know, to a small group here. Uh, so I just want, as said, I just want to acknowledge because he did serve many years on both boards, was, uh, um, uh, you know, a large part of making this school district what it is uh, very successful and thought it would be appropriate to honor and, and remember him one last time here at the board meeting. Uh, tonight I'm wearing one of his uh, ties, which, uh, you know, I think a lot of you will recognize, you know, the, the ubiquitous Bill Peach uh, uh, book tie all the time. His daughters were licensed enough to let me borrow it tonight. So, uh, you know, in that moment of, of silence that's that's who i was thinking of tonight thank you angela i appreciate you giving me that time absolutely thank you mr welch thank you um next item on our agenda is items of particular public interest and so we do want to welcome mr bill petty to the to the podium um you are our only speaker tonight mr petty so we will give you that full three minutes <laughs> uh, thank you for having me here again. Uh, hear me go over this again. And again, I want you to know that I do watch, if I don't come to a meeting, I watch them, three hour long meetings that are mind numbing for the normal person. 
And I highly respect the fact that you guys can sit through those and do those and make most of the time good decisions. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I realize this is not an easy job. Uh, but I'm here to talk about flags because I think it's important that we discuss what's really going on with the flag. And, and, and we, have, we have to ask the question, what is a flag? A flag is a symbol, right? It's a representation of what somebody believes. When somebody holds up a flag, they're saying, this is, this is what I believe. This is what's important to me. When we go to the Olympics and somebody wins the championship, they're up on the podium and what hangs above them? The, their national flag, right? Uh, so when we have flags, it represents something very important that we stand behind and we promote. So when we have a class, a flag in the classroom, basically that flag is promoting an ideology. Whether and we have ideologies, and whether it be social, political, or religious, and the argument is, well, this is this, the teacher's personal space or whatnot. But I think when it comes to having an ideological flag in a classroom, that, that to me rises to the level of indoctrination. And one of the things on the LGBT flag is the T, which is the transgender. And that's a big issue in the world right now. We're seeing kids being indoctrinated at very young ages. They, they, they have curriculum now for five and six years old that say, you know, when you were born, your mommy and daddy just guessed what sex you were. They really didn't know. Well, we know sex is determined at fertilization when the sperm penetrates the egg. So how can that be? And then they say, well, a man can become a woman or a woman can become a man or a boy can become a girl or a girl can become a boy. That, that's, that, that can't happen physically. That can't happen scientifically. A boy has double X chromosomes. A, a girl has, uh, I'm thinking, excuse me, XY chromosomes, excuse me. A, a girl has XX chromosomes, and that's in every cell of their body for their, their entire life. So how do you say somebody becomes another sex? And then finally, we have this whole thing about gender. I always thought there was two genders, male and female, but now they're telling the kids, oh, well, you know, you can make up any gender you want. So why are we presenting to this the kids that they're in the concrete stage of their development? Not, they can't even speak, think abstractly, and yet we're expecting them to understand some concept like, oh, you know, you were born in the wrong body. You really are a girl, or you really are a boy. And then what happens after that? They put them on these very harsh drugs for the rest of their life. They operate on them. They cut off parts of their body. And then they live in that body the rest of their life. And if it happens during puberty or when they're young or before the age of mature, mature, maturity, they live in that body the rest of their life. So I want you to think about that. To me, that's what that flag represents and I don't want to see any flag that represents any ideology, regardless of what it is. I know I'm getting a signal. Again, you know, we don't, we're not taking up 30 minutes today, but thank you very much. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Mr. Petty. Thank you, everybody. Um, the next item on our agenda is the approval of the agenda. Thank you, Mr. Welch. Do we have a second? Ms. Supriya, thank you. Do we have any discussion or questions about the agenda? Yes, Mr. Beasley. Thank you, Madam Chair. <clears throat> I was um, looking down here for at the approval of the 2024 SAC fees. Okay, um, and I just had a question for Dr. Orier. Is there any um, is there any indigent families that receive assistance, uh, financial assistance for their child to attend SAC? Thank you for the question. Um, yes, sir. Periodically, um, they reach out to either the site leaders at their specific site or sometimes they want to bypass that direct personal relationship. And so they go to the SAC leadership um, or reach out to folks in our office if they have a specific need that's momentary or if they feel like they're going to have a continued need. And we have met both through um, SAC funds to help with that the need. Perfect. Thank you. No, no other comments. We will move to a vote. Recommend approval.
Mr. Cash. The vote is 10 yes, zero no. Thank you. With that um, vote, we did approve the agenda. Next item on the agenda is the approval of the consent agenda. Do we have a motion? Ms. Apriya, thank you. Do we have a second? Mr. Cash, thank you. We'll open the floor for discussion. Okay, if no discussion, Mr. Golden, we have your recommendation. Recommend approval. Okay, thank you. Board members, let's move forward with the vote. The vote is 10 yes, zero no. Thank you. Motion, motion did pass to approve the consent agenda. Items on the consent agenda are the approval of the November 27th, 2023 school board meeting minutes, board policies for second reading agendas and the work-based learning policy, the annual review of board policies, the approval of the 2024-2025 SAC fees, recommendation for field trip fee requests, the approval of Brentwood High Wrestling Team school storage shed, the approval of the Centennial High School softball batting cage, approval of the Nolansville High School bleacher fencing, approval of the Nolansville High School storage shed, approval of the Ravenwood High School basketball locker room renovation, approval of the Renaissance High School outdoor patio, and approval of the Scales Elementary School outdoor classroom. Next item on the agenda is communications to the board. Mr. Golden. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, we do have my superintendent's report for today. I just want to let you know on the front end that we have decided not to have any student or staff spotlights today. We actually didn't have school today, so we're going to save those till February. This week is School Board Appreciation Week in Tennessee, and I know that you all heard about that from the TSBA. I wanted to specifically thank you for your work, and I think it is extremely appropriate that uh, Mr. Welch mentioned Bill Peach and his his servants work during so many years for us and for Franklin Special School District during this week of school board appreciation. Uh, you all know, and I don't know that anyone can fully grasp what you experienced had we not experienced that. And we haven't uh, experienced your role as a school board member. It is in so many ways a service. And we talk about public service, and that's exactly what you all are doing. So thank you for your service uh, to our community. Uh, And, uh, and, and, I, and I do want to encourage the community to, uh, to, to, to thank board members as well. Uh, and, you know, we, we sometimes make comments along the lines of uh, certain experiences are similar to a referee where if things go well, you don't get thanked. I think there's a parallel there to y'all's work. Uh, and there's a lot of excellent work going on, and you all have been excellent stewards of that. And I, uh, I, I appreciate the work that Bill and his colleagues did, and you all are continuing that great tradition. So thank you for that. Uh, I do want to mention, since it's timely, uh, our weather. Uh, you all know that we've been sending emails out a lot this past week. When we met in our work session two Thursdays ago now, we anticipated that there was a storm coming, and it happened to be one of the largest storms we've, we've had in decades. Uh, we prepared for it because of things like setting the calendar and some of the budget decisions you all made over the course of time. Uh, and as we sit here today, we made the decision just a few hours ago to, to go back to school uh, tomorrow with a two-hour delay. Just wanted you all to know a couple little nuggets. Specifically, we know that there are still some icy patches across the county, especially in our neighborhoods. That will give our buses the opportunity, our, our bus drivers the opportunity to actually see that in light uh, because when the bus routes start, it's actually dark. So we felt like it was wise to do that. And I think many of you know, even yesterday, uh, many of your neighborhood roads were just totally iced over and we've had a significant melt over the course of the day. So I wanna thank all the folks in our, in our leadership team, uh, our maintenance staff. There's so many people who worked this, these, these, uh, these past few days getting us prepared to go back. As we sit here, we are actually having some extracurricular activities tonight. A couple of basketball games are going on because we did that evaluation and decided we could uh, catch up. This is, uh, today is our fifth of 10 inclement weather days that we've built into our calendar. I hear stories about other districts that are running on the edge. We're actually in pretty good shape still. Uh, that doesn't mean that, that uh, we're not gonna use any more. 
I will tell you, I also mentioned to you at the work session that March 5th is Super Tuesday, and we intend to use that day as an inclement weather day. We actually had to specifically get the uh, approval from the Commissioner of Education for that based on the information the election office told us about their new and more current projections of voter participation with somewhere between 19 and 21 of our schools being polling sites. Uh, so we're making that adjustment to the calendar. We'll be making that announcement a little bit in more detail uh, in, in, the, in the, the next few weeks. I uh, did want to mention briefly a reminder of some of the discussion we had at our work session related to the legislative session that is really just getting, start getting started. We specifically had some discussions with our legislators about a number of bills. I specifically talked to you all about the third and fourth grade retention law. We have 134 current fourth graders who are still subject to the potential impact of that law. And as a reminder, the way the legislature set fourth grade, if they don't, if those students don't show adequate growth in fourth grade ELA TCAP, they must be retained. Third grade allowed for some interventions uh, to to uh, to prevent that, and uh, and and some some additional summer school, et cetera. The fourth grade law does not. Tennessee has still not decided and voted to finalize what constitutes adequate growth as we sit here. Tennessee Department of Education presented that formula to the Tennessee State Board of Education in November, and they have one more vote to make a decision on that. When they finally shared two months ago what they intended to be adequate growth, we shared that with those families who are facing that. And as you all know, you've gotten some emails from a few of those families in essence asking, why are we why did we have to make decisions maybe even a year ago not knowing how it was going to be evaluated and we're just now finding that out and we shared that concern and we've shared those concerns with our legislators we're still going to be working on that with our legislators based on that conversation we had uh saturday morning just a few weeks ago finally i want to mention really kind of a a, 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 a something that makes me smile uh, Train Corporation has a representative here, Mr. Randy Malden. Randy uh, may, has a presentation for us. Absolutely. Thank you, Madam Chairman, Superintendent Golden, and uh, Williamson County School Board members. On behalf of Train and a Williamson County Schools resident and a husband of an educator at Page High School, I want to thank you for your leadership. Uh, I do a lot of these around the state, and I, I love coming here because, number one, it's an easy commute for me. But secondly, I enjoy working with Williamson County Schools, and it's an honor to work with you. Um, a few years back, Train was selected through a competitive process as your energy services company of choice. Uh, we have been performing year over year with that, and you've been exceeding the guaranteed amount that we have set with Williamson County Schools every single year. Uh, you are one of our best performing por portfolios in the state that we do services for. So good news on that, but enough of that. Something different that we also do as part of being an energy services company, we are a publicly traded company. We do work in public space. That allows us to qualify for a United States federal tax rebate of the 179D tax rebate. So what we do is in the projects that we do for our school systems across the state, Williamson County included, we keep track of that work, that our energy savings work in the schools. And as we do those improvements, that's how we are able to submit these to the federal government. What we were able to do this past year was submit, and we have a check for you tonight in the rebate that we share with Williamson County Schools. This check is in the amount of $94,139.69 that we would like to Thank you, Mr. Baldwin. As a, as a reminder, we were able to fund capital improvements to our buildings to create energy savings without the county having to invest in the actual capital expenditure because the state has a program allowing to fund it through savings over time. So this is one area where we've been able to improve our systems without without actual debt. I think it shows up as debt on the books to get technical about the accounting process. Um, but this actually is the evidence that we've actually saved and come out ahead with this program. If I could get a picture with you. Just want to do it. Yeah. 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 Ye
if if we may, uh, um, why don't why don't you just turn and face that way? And board members, if you want to come step around, we'll get behind Mr. Malden. And by the way, board members, the structure that the state has for that program is uh, the, the corporation actually makes the guarantee. If they if we did not, if we have the savings, we get the savings. If we did not get the savings, then they actually cover the loss. Each year we have had the savings, and that, that was based on a based on an engineering study of each one of our buildings. So thank you for that. Uh, Madam Chair. We do have um, one board member who would like to make some comments following your report, Mr. Golden. Mr. Welch. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Golden, you had mentioned that, and we had talked about this before, but um, just for kind of clarification, public record, that in third grade, obviously, it was where you scored on, on the, the test. And, and for, I guess, clarification, this, this board voted unanimously in a resolution that, that they were against the third grade retention that, you know, or the fourth grade retention, fifth grade retention that, you know, in our opinion, we did not think that one test given on one day on one single subject was, uh, should be indicative of how a student performed for an entire grade year. Um, that, that said, it, it, it is a law, so we have to follow it. And you mentioned that it was, uh, on fourth grade, it's academic growth, not achievement. So theoretically, speaking that growth because the growth is based upon where you scored before and and then where you you score in the next year correct me if i'm wrong on on that um even within the same classroom could you have two students that student a scores slightly higher than student b but based upon the amount of growth that they had it, it being not adequate in, in the, the eyes of, of whatever comes out, student A could be held back while student B graduates, even though student A scored higher on the test. Yes. The way the Tennessee Department of Education is structured, the formula is they base that requirement for growth on the years from elementary school to 10th grade. And 10th grade is the last year there's a state test for ELA. Um, I can't speak to that formula without numbers, but I can verbalize the basic structure of the formula. They And let me interrupt you right yeah. there. When you say you can't speak to that formula, it's because the formula doesn't hasn't been passed and doesn't exist currently? Well, we actually have the existed the existing proposed formula. Okay, so and it's, it has been presented. It would take actually writing the numbers out to show it, but I can verbalize it, the essence of it. They take the probability based on projected growth of a student and compare it to where a student starts to where they might, might be and must be at 10th grade to show proficiency in the 10th grade ELA test, the end of course test for 10th grade ELA. They, they divide that probability by eight in the gap that a student has to fill so that they must show in essence one eighth of progress every year by 10th grade to reach proficient in 10th grade. That's the essence of it. And so I gave an, a short answer to your question. The reason why you could have differences is because students will have a different adequate growth projection based on where they were at the earliest test. If they're further away from proficient, they're going to have to show more growth than a peer. And you mentioned that there was no... Um, in third grade, we could have the tutoring, we could have the, the summer school as a makeup for it that's gone away in the fourth grade. It, it really is, 
you get the test. Is there an opportunity to retake the test at all? There, I think there is, a, 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 if, if I'm not mistaken, Dr. Allen, I think there is one opportunity to retake fourth grade. Is that correct? So they have not spoken to that. We're anticipating that because it, they, did it, they did it last year with third grade. So we're anticipating that there would be a fourth grade retake option for students. I will tell you with third grade that the, uh, the, there was an adequate growth measure for summer school. They had a test at the end of the summer school. That measure is very different from this formula. This formula was not part of last year's third grade adequate growth. One way or the other, the students to avoid ultimately being retained, they must have shown adequate growth under this law. It's just that the adequate growth measure was different last year in the summer from what they're now proposing for fourth grade. Thirty students that you mentioned. Um, I, about how large is it statewide? Do you happen to know that off the top of your head? I don't know that off the top of my head. Dr. Allen does. Around twelve thousand students are in the yeah are caught in the the same net that our one hundred and thirty four students are. What defines that one thirty four? How does how does a student become it if if they were in danger of being retained last year? It was the students based on their performance last year and um, how they did in the summer school program, whether they took the summer school program or not. So those students that were subject to the fourth grade law were established based on their third grade scores. Okay. So if they did tutoring. Uh, would that play any part in, as opposed to the summer school? Would that, would that, that play was, part the, the tutoring was a requirement to go from third grade to fourth grade. There is no tutoring eligibility to go from fourth grade to fifth grade. It's exclusively TCAP. And, and finalized and it's, it sounds like maybe there's some considerations and edits in the, in the process as we're now seeing the, the train on the tracks and the light getting bigger. The state, the state Department of Education presented their proposal to the State Board of Education. The State Board of Education has to vote on it in two readings. The second reading is scheduled February, in February. I, and I can't remember the exact date of the State Board meeting, but it is next month that it will be finalized. And we test, you are correct, we test in April. February 15th is their, is their meeting date. So, again, we notified our parents in November as soon as we saw that formula from the, from the state. Uh, the reality is we're preparing all our students for TCAP, uh, but we wanted parents to know the parameters that they were living under. Thank you. Mr. Wimberly? Thank you, Madam Chair. Mr. Golden, uh, it's nice to get a $94,000 check. But is it the impact of the program with train beyond that? And what is that impact? Yes, sir. The impact is much bigger because we were able to make capital improvements to all our buildings uh, to save energy. Uh, a lot of efficiencies. We, we did an engineered evaluation of all our buildings a few years ago uh, based on a projection of savings with, uh, with dates for projected return on that investment. Uh, based on that, Train made an investment on those capital improvements, and they are getting paid back over the course of time um, based on us saving the energy. Uh, so lights were a big issue. Uh, some of the water structures we had um, were, were, were modernized. Uh, we, for, we replaced things as specific as backflow preventers uh, to, in, to improve efficiencies in, in, uh, in some of our work. We, in essence, were able to save money on a monthly basis without having to do the capital expenditure on the front end. It's being paid over time because the corporation uh, made an investment and took that risk. Mr. Brown? If I can go back to the uh, third and fourth grade issue for a minute. Um, when we had our meeting with the legislative delegation, there was a, a conversation about potentially um, them entertaining, applying the remediation um, provisions that are currently in place for third graders also to fourth graders. I think there was a recognition that some of that was really helpful and was making a difference in that there was an openness to that. Are you sensing, since then, it hasn't been that long since we met, but are you getting any feedback from the Department of Education or others that that might be coming in the form of legislation or that that might be a realistic opportunity? There's no legislation that's been filed related to that at this point. 
um, what we have seen is the uh, Senate Education Committee had a meeting where the Commissioner of Education presented to them. It was about an hour and 15 minute long meeting. I would estimate maybe a little more than half of that meeting centered around this. Um, there was also a substantial discussion uh, related to some other items that were upcoming. I did not get that indication from that meeting, but they asked a lot of questions. I will say that uh, Ms. Osbrooks and uh, Dr. Allen worked together to create a draft piece of legislation. Uh, that, again, is based on the discussions that the board had with our legislators on th that Saturday morning of our, of our annual meeting. Um, we, we do intend to present that to those legislate, legislative delegation members who were at that Saturday meeting following up. Um, I do think the big question, first question is going to be, is there a legislator who will carry a bill? Right now, we don't know the answer to that. Partially answered my next question, which was, can we supply language to encourage that? So we have, or, or will. Um, I, for one, would be happy to talk to, you know, some members of our delegation and, and encourage that if, and I would encourage other members of the board to do the same. I think that's an easy fix, honestly. Um, unless there's a huge fiscal note tied to it. And even if there is, I think we've seen that this caused some unintended consequences and it's an easy thing to address by just taking what you've already done on third grade and applying it to fourth. And um, again, there seemed to be an openness to that. Thank you for that. Uh, the interventions have been good for our third graders. The summer school program has been good for our third graders. Uh, we're concerned that this is such an individualized issue that every child needs a little bit more personalized service and decision-making than this law does. So I'll send an email out to, to our uh, legislative delegation. I will include you all in that as well. And then you can follow up behind that. Yes, Jason, you can you can mention the fiscal note of uh, retaining seven thousand or twelve thousand uh, students at eighty four million dollars that they would save if those students didn't didn't have to spend an extra year. But just to, that's assuming that they don't go to Williamson County, in which case it'd be half of that. But <clears throat> just wanted to you can add that to your uh, fiscal savings if we're uh, if we're able to do that. Madam Chair, that's my report. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Golden. Thank you, board members, for your questions. Next item on the agenda is the board chair report. I just have a couple of items. First of all, Mr. Rand or Deputy Randy, Sheriff Deputy Randy Purcell, thank you so much for being here with us tonight, especially on a cold and icy night. And board members, <laughs> just a quick reminder that we do have our statement of disclosures due January 31st. Um, Lydia doesn't have visibility into that like she does for school board hours, et cetera. So if you could just shoot her a note saying, hey, I did that so she can keep track and help us meet that deadline, that would be great. We definitely want to make sure to get those in when, within the next week. Okay, that's all I have for now. Next item on the agenda is new business. First item is the 2023-2024 school board budget. First item under school board budget is approval of the general purpose school board or school fund amendment, the donation for CTE in the amount of $30,000. Mr. Golden. Thank you, Madam Chair. Wilson Bank and Trust is donating $30,000 to be used on our cyber trailer and our esports program. I uh, do recommend approval of this donation. Thank you. Do we have a motion? Mr. Welch, in a second. Mr. Ha, thank you. Any discussion? Board members, let's cast our votes. The vote is 10 yes, zero no. Thank you. Motion passed to approve the general purpose school fund amendment donation for CTE in the amount of $30,000. Next item is the approval of the general purpose school fund amendment for the opioid task force grant in the amount of $5,500. Mr. Golden. Thank you, Madam Chair. This is another uh, proposed revenue item um, from Williamson County government uh, based on the in the uh, the funds they receive from the National Opio Opioid Settlement. Our proposal to county government was that for that $5,500 for us to purchase Narcan for our nurses uh, and to have it more readily available in the event of a need. Do you recommend approval of that fund? Thank you. Do we have a motion? Mr. Ha, we have several, I think. Mr. Ha got your motion, Mr. Beasley got you a second. 
and any discussion on this item. Okay. Mr. Cash, did you? Okay, thank you. Board members, let's move to a vote. Mr. Golden, you do yes, recommend approval. Okay, thank you. The vote is 10 yes, zero no. Motion passed to approve the general purpose school fund amendment for the opioid task force grant in the amount of $5,500. Next item is the approval of the education capital project fund intercategory transfer for the transportation building in the amount of $1.6 million. Thank you, Madam Chair. This is a request to uh, move $1.6 million from contingency so that we can complete uh, the contract on the trans transportation building based on the, uh, the amount of bids that came in. I do recommend approval on that. I did want to mention also briefly, you all approved our five-year capital plan. We actually don't have any proposed capital expenses for new school construction uh, for about a year and a half based on our projections. Just as a quick reminder to you and those who are watching. Thank you. Do we have a motion? Mr. Cash? Do we have a second? Ms. Apriya, thank you. Any discussion? Mr. Galbraith. How much is left in uh, in contingency? Yes, sir. Um, within rural contingency, there's four million nine hundred eighty-seven thousand dollars. Okay, maybe closer. Okay, um, within rural contingency, there's four million nine hundred eighty-seven thousand dollars, and within general contingency, there is three hundred ninety-six thousand four hundred sixteen dollars. All of our discussion. Okay, board members, let's cast our votes. Uh, Mr. Golden, you do recommend approval. Yes, yes, yes Madam Chair, do you recommend approval. vote is 10 yes, zero no. Thank you. Motion did pass to approve the Education Capital Project Fund intracategory transfer for the transportation building in the amount of $1.6 million. Next item is board policies for first reading. First item is for re as the revenues policy. Thank you, Madam Chair. This is first reading for, for some changes to our revenue policy that puts into effect some changes in the Uniform Accounting Policy Manual from the state, which actually is changing names as well. It will now be the School Funds Policy Manual. Uh, most of the changes are related to electronic payments. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the accounting requirements from the state are putting into policy so many of those electronic transactions that we t experience on a regular basis. Thank you. Do we have a motion? Ms. Priya, and do we have a second? Mr. Brown, thank you. Any discussion on this item? Recommend approval. Thank you, Mr. Golden. Okay. Board members can cast their votes. The vote is 10 yes, zero no. Thank you. Motion passed to approve for first reading the revenues policy. Next item is fundraising activities. Thank you, Madam Chair. Likewise, this is a change based on the change in the uh, in the manual, um, page three of three, the uh, record keeping addition based on that addition to the manual. I do recommend approval for this. Thank you. Do we have a motion, Ms. Apriya? And a second, Mr. Welch, thank you. Any discussion? Mr. Golden recommended approval, so we'll move to a vote. The vote is 10 yes, zero no. Thank you. Motion did pass to approve the fundraising activities policy for first reading. Next item is the purchasing cards, credit cards, and credit lines policy. 
Thank you, Madam Chair. This is likewise is a change in the uh, um, accounting manual. Uh, we do recommend approval of those changes related to purchasing cards, credit cards, and credit loans. Thank you. Do we have a, we have a motion? Thank you, Ms. Clements. In a second, Mr. Welch, any discussion? And Madam Chair, if I may, I said change. This is actually a new policy reflecting that. Okay. Looks like we don't have any discussion on this item. Mr. Golden, do you give his um, recommendation for approval? I recommend approval. And so, board members, you can cast your votes. The vote is 10 yes, zero no. Motion did pass to move forward the purchasing cards, credit cards, and credit lines on first reading. Next item is report cards and grading systems per board member request. Mr. Golden. Thank you, Madam Chair. This is a uh, proposed policy change uh, brought by um, uh, board member Josh Brown that was discussed at the policy committee and again at the work session. Uh, and the request is actually on page two of four. It re and uh, it, I may, if, if, if I may, uh, refer to Mr. Brown to describe it. Uh, the, the language is asking to add that middle school students who took high school courses prior to the 2023 school year who received a pass-fail grade in those courses may request that their grades be recorded on the high school transcript with the earned letter grade and corresponding GPA. Uh, the request, and then there's an additional uh, sentence related to how the request must be supported. Uh, so if, if I may, Mr. Brown, can you describe uh, what you're asking the board to do? Thank you, Mr. Golden. Yeah, so um, first of all, I appreciate the um, the chance to discuss this and have this on the agenda. Um, I appreciate the discussion at the policy committee meeting and at the work session. Uh, I'll try not to repeat everything that we discussed um, for the for brevity's sake, but um, essentially I had, I've had two parents um, in my district bring forward this issue of their high, current high school seniors who um, took a class in middle school for high school credit at the time, of course, as we've all talked about, it was not, it was a pass fail. It was not for letter grade and, and they knew that going in. Um, they realized that now as their children are applying for college and how competitive it is that they're um, thinking that would be beneficial um, for their children, for their student. And so wanting to be able to go back and get the actual grade the student got in the class instead of the um, pass fail. So we've had this discussion about some the pros and cons of that at the meetings previously. Again, I won't dive into all of that. Um, staff has given some great feedback, in particular Dr. Webb, uh, so I appreciate that. Um, and I and I and I take to heart the concerns that have been raised about um, precedent and about uh, retroactively changing transcripts and all those things. A couple things I'll bring up that are new since our last discussion, since the work session. Um, another parent. Uh, brought forward an issue, I guess they watched the work session and brought forward this issue of the recent change that the University of Tennessee made to their admission requirements. And one of those, um, which I thought was pretty significant, is that now if you have a 4.0 GPA, if you, so let me back up a step. If you're a student in Tennessee in a public school system or at a home school or charter school, if you get a 4.0 GPA um, through high school, or if you're in the top 10% of your class, you have guaranteed admission to the University of Tennessee. And that's a recent change, I think Dr. Webb said, as of last September. So if you think about that, all of a sudden you've got potentially hundreds, maybe thousands more kids who are automatically eligible uh, for UT, for admission to UT um, that weren't before. So potentially that creates a competitive environment that we weren't, that our kids weren't, um, weren't in before. So perhaps one more reason why if we can do things around the edges on the margins to help our kids and give them a little bit of an advantage, why, why wouldn't we think about that? Um, the other thing that I think Dr. Webb verified is that the current ninth graders um, are under the new policy. So if they took a class in middle school for high school credit, they're getting the letter grade for that in their GPA. Um, we're probably at a point where we're time-wise on the chronology of things, we're probably past the point where it's gonna benefit the current high school seniors. So we're really only talking about juniors and sophomores um, at this point. So 
the, the number of kids impacted by this change would be smaller, um, but also there'd be the number of the amount of work that would be required to go change transcripts or add this to a transcript would be potentially less as well. So anyway, I wanted to add those two things to the discussion. I also want to point out that if, um, if there's a desire at all to continue having this conversation beyond tonight, I'd be certainly open to deferring it and not taking an up or down vote if, um, if we think there's any merit in um, exploring this further. I know that one thing I just mentioned to Dr. Webb before the meeting tonight was the idea of, um, and I may not get the terminology right, but having it on the transcript as a reference, not as calculating it, not calculating it into the GPA, but having it on there that the student took the class and here's the grade they made so that at UT or many other schools, you think she even mentioned Ivy League schools do this as well, they calculate their own core GPA. Um, they don't even use the GPA that we send them. They calculate their own core based on the classes the student took. So they'd see that on there. They'd be able to factor that into their decision, um, irrespective of whether it's in the GPA or not. So let's bring that up as well. Madam Chair, that's a, um, we, we actually don't have a motion on the floor yet. And so, uh, I, and Mr. Cook, I believe maybe the next appropriate thing is, is there a motion? Board members, do we have a motion to, to move this item ahead? Mr. Brown, do we have a second? Mr. Beasley, thank you. Board members, do we want to move forward with this discussion or Mr. Brown, do you have a, an amendment? Do we want to move forward with discussion or Mr. Brown, did you want to put forth a... Um, well, it's, it's, it's on the floor now, so I guess I would just you know, see if there's a, any interest in discussing the motion itself. Um, if not, then I would withdraw and perhaps bring a different motion forward. Gosh. this would affect let's say uh, sophomores and juniors at this point I would I would estimate it if we're talking about the sophomore and junior class would be about 2,000 2,500 students that would entail a whole bunch of work to get this done if we change this tonight Okay, thank you. So I would be interested in continuing this. I, as I ask on the, the work session night, um, what are other schools in this area doing? And um, we didn't know. Um, and so I, I'd kind of spent this um, time recently, it was actually today, calling around to some schools in the area. Um, I talked with, uh, yesterday I talked with someone on the Wilson County Board, and she was under the impression that they did put the grades on the transcripts. Um, and of course it didn't get calculated into their high school GPA, but it was on the transcript, so the student could use that. I learned a lot in the last 24 hours about um, registrars, and so they're like, for UT there's 16 core courses, and the student there's a, it's called the SWAR, the Student Re uh, Reported Academic Record. And the student can choose how they, which classes, 16 classes they wanna put on that. And so, and then the schools like Mr. Brown mentioned, the schools themselves have their format. Each college is different. Um, but I think, I, I am interested in this. I still need to learn more about it, but I wanna do everything I can to give our kids the best foot forward and um, make sure we have a level playing field because I know I talked to two different private schools in the area and they do put the letter grade on the GPA. It is not on their high school, it's, it's on their high school transcript because it's a credit, but it's not a pass fail. So I, I think we do need to explore this more to help our students the best. Thank you so much. Mr. Brown? Yes, a question and then maybe, a, uh, maybe another motion. 
Um, the question is, to clarify on your answer to Mr. Cash about the 2,500 or so, is that the number of students roughly who would be student juniors and seniors, I mean, sophomores and juniors rather, who took a middle school class for high school credit? have approximately a thousand students every year in middle school who take at least one course for high school credit. So that's where that number came from. And to the point from Ms. Clemens, across Middle Tennessee, across the state, schools treat it differently. And so as an example, you're, you're right. There are some schools who put it on their transcript in middle school, count it as a numeric grade. We also have some schools in Middle Tennessee and some in Williamson County that don't even put the middle school course that has been completed for high school credit on a transcript in some private schools. So it's really handled a lot of different ways. So we did, when this uh, policy recommendation to change how we transcript middle school credits, uh, there we did an extensive amount of communication with the Middle Tennessee and across the state and how colleges and universities view that. I just didn't at the work session have which schools do what in front of me. Um, but absolutely, uh, we felt like at the time we made this recommendation, and we still do, that moving forward, that is the best course of action for our students, that they register and take a four-credit course, and it's reflected as such uh, with, a, with a letter grade on their transcript. A th thousand per, per class, roughly, then... But that would be the number of students who take the class, um, not necessarily the number of students who would request this change. Because given that the way it's worded, it would be voluntary or at the request of the student. So it might be a, it might be a smaller number than that, potentially, because if you assume not everyone is going to do it. Um, so is it appropriate for me to make a motion? So can I move to withdraw my original motion? Um, and do I need to have that taken up before I do something else? Okay, may I make another motion? Madam Chair, may I make another motion? I move to defer this item to, a, to um, let's say the um, April, no, the March board meeting agenda to allow for potentially further discussion with staff on um, getting to a place where this might be more palatable. And if not, then if it's the will of the board, we, we won't move forward with it. Okay, board, just to summarize. Oh, Mr. Beasley, did you want to? Okay, do we have a second for this? I'm just gonna repeat the motion real quick. So the motion on the floor right now is to defer the item to the, to the March board meeting or to March policy, most likely, for further discussion. March work session. If, if by if by doing it at the March policy meeting, it can still be on the March meeting agenda. Yeah. Mr. Welch does second that motion, but Mr. Beasley, did you have any comments? It got wiped off. Just a really quick question. I just want clarification. Um, so we do have the, numer the numerical grade. However, it's just not recorded on their transcript. Is that what we're what we're dealing with here? So if I, if I may, um, since last year, our policy for eighth graders, middle school students is that it will show up on their transcript. Uh, Mr. Brown is, is, is speaking to the window of time where we have current students who were under the old rule where it showed up as a pass-fail. Um, so that's why he was talking about two years or three years. So, so we have made a change to affect this for the students from, from last year forward, but we still have some students who went in on the front end with a, with a plan for it to be pass-fail. That's the request that's, that's being discussed. So, yeah, so my, I guess my question would be, so the retroactive grades, we do have the numerical number. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't understand the question. Uh, for our students, we do have the numerical number. For Franklin Special, we do have the numerical number. Um, there may be some other, you know, transfers in that we might not have, but I do know for the vast majority, we do have the numerical number. Thank you, Mr. Golden. Wimberly? Thank you, Madam Chair. I appreciate the intent and the way this was brought up, but we have a staff recommendation against this, correct? And we talked about it rather robustly at the work session. So I'm not in favor of the motion to defer. I think we ought to go ahead and vote on it tonight. I'm just not confident 
particularly with, I'm just not confident there will be new information between now and then that would would change um, the outcome. Uh, and besides the fact, I just have this feeling that grades are sacrosanct and changing the rules after the fact to me just seems to uh, uh, cross a line as far as the, the, um, the integrity of grades. So I don't think I would be in favor of it, but I certainly would like for us to go ahead and vote on it tonight. Um, so I guess Rick brings up a good point. Um, so let, so I let me just ask the question: Where it, where is staff in terms of uh, having a comfort level of of investigating this? I, I I recall what you said. There was a staff recommendation against it, but my recollection also was part of it was there was needed some more time to look into it and ramifications, and that was part of the recommendation against, although maybe I'm mistaken on that. I was not ready to recommend approval of the original motion, um, largely for the discussion that Mr. Wimberly had. Also, the fact that students and teachers three, four years ago entered into those courses on the front end knowing what they would have, and I'm concerned about making a change years later. Uh, this new motion to defer and the potential for us to discuss how we may communicate with a college, how a, how a student did on a high school course in middle school in a different way, uh, I, I'm open to. I think there's some wisdom in that. Um, we will sometimes do that in different contexts uh, with recommendation letters, et cetera. Uh, so as to this as to this existing motion, um, if if there is ultimately a motion to approve this as written, as I sit here today, I would recommend against it. But I'm I am open to us continuing to discuss alternative ways to communicate uh, our students' success with the colleges. So I, let me ask this as a follow up then on on the motion to defer. Uh, I want to put this. I guess, do we need this then, or can we just send it back to policy automatically? Or well, motion defer to a specific date. Um, it puts it on the agenda automatically. That worked. If there's no further discussion, we'll go ahead and take Mr. Golden's final recommendation and then move to a vote. I do. I do recommend approval of the deferral. And just to clarify, we are voting right now to defer this item, which is the report card and grading system new policy for first reading. No, sorry, amendment to the policy for first reading. This would be deferred to the March board meeting for further discussion. Yes. Um, Mr. Welch. Yeah, Mr. Welch, thank you. Okay, board members, we can move to a vote. The vote is nine yes, one no. Thank you, and we did, that motion did pass to defer the discussion around report cards and grading systems to our March meeting. Next item on the agenda is the credit for prior courses. Thank you, Madam Chair. This proposal will actually institutionalize a practice that we have for students who come in from non-accredited institutions uh, who need to take a test to determine whether they get credit. Uh, we are adding that they will get a course grade of pass or no credit. Uh, that ensures that there is not a re record on their high school transcript of a failure. So do recommend approval of that for first reading. Thank you. Do we have a motion? Mr. Beasley, do we have a second? Ms. Apriya, thank you. Any discussion? Okay. Mr. Golden, you did recommend this one for approvals? Yes, do recommend approval. Okay. Board members, let's cast our votes. 
vote is 10 yes, zero no. Thank you. With that approval, we did pass the first reading for the credit for prior courses. Next item is testing programs for, for first reading. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, the state law requires that we add uh, some additional information in this particular policy related to how we assess the value of TCAP scores for students' grades, plus a number of additions uh, related to um, the state requirements for interest inventories and career assessments, uh, for testing transfer students for grade placements uh, from, uh, from different category schools. So I do recommend approval of this uh, uh, the new, new uh, I, I guess, additions to the policies for first reading. Thank you. And do we have a motion? Uh, do we have a second? Mr. Brown seconds. Open the floor for discussion. We have no discussion. Mr. Golden did uh, recommend approval of this. Board members, we can move to vote. I do recommend approval. Thank you, Madam Chair. I was just saying you're recommending it so efficiently. <laughs> vote is 10 yes, zero no. Thank you. With uh, that approval, you did pass the first reading of the testing programs. And the final item for first reading is the Family and Medical Leave Act. Thank you, Madam Chair. For first reading, this is a change based on state law, but I want to give you a little bit of detail related to it. Uh, the legislature last year um, passed a piece of legislation that included that licensed school employees would be eligible for an additional six work weeks of paid leave after a uh, um, after a birth, stillbirth, or adoption of a newly placed minor child, uh, um, extra paid leave within that FMLA window. TDOE has interpreted the legislature's description of licensed employees as any license at all that's required by a job, uh, which means a bus driver license, uh, um, uh, of course, teacher, uh, for example, if you have a, have a licensed uh, attorney, they would include that. We looked at this law and the TDOE's interpretation of it and determined that it was so sporadic that the wise thing to do was to apply this for all our employees. So it's required by law for a bus driver to get it. We think a bus driver's assistant ought to get it. Uh, and so we are making the recommendation that you approve this for all our employees. Uh, one nuance to this is the state has told us that there is a reimbursement for licensed employees uh, and they have a fund for that. So this does potentially include some additional funding commitment, but because of the, the vagaries of this particular law, we think the appropriate thing is to apply it to all. Again, this is for first reading. So I do recommend approval for first reading to bring it back to the policy committee for further discussion. Do we have a motion? Ms. Apria, and do we have a second? Mr. Beasley, thank you. We'll open the floor for discussion. Can we see the screen? Yeah. Thank you. Okay, no discussion, or no discussion, Mr. Golden, you did recommend that we push this forward yes, ma for second reading. Okay, thank you. Ms. Uh, board members, we can cast our votes. The vote is 10 yes, zero no. Thank you. We did pass the motion to approve Family and Medical Leave Act policy for first reading. And the final item on our agenda is the approval of the 2024-2025 open and or closed zoned schools. Thank you, Madam Chair. Enclosed in this is our annual recommendations for open zone schools. Uh, we base this on uh, our basic standards of our growth projections, uh, uh, what we expect from construction on, on particular uh, campuses, available seats on our campuses, uh, and our existing policy describing uh, various methods by which students may have school choice within WCS. I do want to bring your attention especially to the last column, the blue column, which establishes the available open seats at each of our schools. As a reminder, for I think the last two years, if I'm not mistaken, Ms. Osbrooks, if we have more than that number, 
who 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 submit a request for their child to attend open zone we are required to do a lottery uh, for those uh, we actually did a lottery last year but it turned out that the number of individuals who selected that actually drops be dropped below the lottery number after we did the lottery uh, and so every student who actually wanted every one of our schools open zone was able to go open zone last year. Thank you. Do we have a motion? Mr. Priya, do we have a second? Mr. Welch, thank you. We'll open the floor for discussion. Okay, Mr. Golden, final recommendation. All right, board members, let's cast our votes. The vote is 10 yes, zero no. That approval um, was for the open and closed zone schools for 2024-2025 school year. And Madam Chair, one last comment related to that. We will publish that and in focus and make sure we communicate that to all our families uh, because the window is open. Okay. Great. Thank you so much for coming out tonight and our school board meeting is adjourned. <laughs>